If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a multi-talented expert. Rebecca Morgan is an international speaker, trainer, and author of 26 books, two of which have sold over 200 and 50,000 copies each and have been translated into nine languages. One of these landed her on Oprah and 60 Minutes. And in addition, Budget Rent-A-Car purchased 50,000 copies of just one title. As an international speaker, she's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes.com, USA Today, NPR, the Singapore Straits Times, the Malaysian Star, the Asian Journal, and the Borneo Bulletin. Oh my goodness, wow. She's constantly looking for ways to help her speaker colleagues maximize income opportunities. And her latest product involves turning presentation slides into books or slooks, as she calls them. All the way from San Jose, California. It's a true pleasure to welcome back to the show my dear friend and colleague, Rebecca. Thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. Well, Susan, thank you for inviting me back. It's always a pleasure to chat with you about new ideas. And you're full of them. So let's talk about your latest product innovation, the Slook. Tell us all about it. It takes a little shifting one's paradigm of what a book would look like and how to produce one. But it's a perfect fit for presenters who have a high quality slide deck and they want to provide more value to their audience members as well as some more money in their pocket. I like it. Money in the pocket. That's always a nice idea. What, you know, prompted you to create this product? Well, when you and I were in the Philippines last January, January of this year, I was giving a new talk called Leadership Lessons from Silicon Valley, How to Survive and Thrive in Disruptive Times. And I gave it three times to various audiences. And in each audience, they wanted the slides because they've got good info in them. You know, I don't mind providing some key slides, but I knew that you know, really the slides alone would not create a lot of value. It would create some, but not as much as I knew I could provide. So I thought, why don't I met the content of what I say about each slide along with the slide in a document, which I then morphed into a book, like a book you would find in a bookstore with a spine and perfect bound and laid out like a a regular book, except it's got images of the key slides in it as well. Then I produced that for my second trip to that part of the world in April. 
And I had 10 engagements on this topic and I sold out of my books by the seventh one. So I knew I was onto something. I knew that when people were in the presentation and they were taking pictures of the slides, I thought this is, you know, not that much value to them when they get home and look at the slide and go, well, what did she mean by that? Or I decided that I would help my colleagues who are presenters who have good slide decks and want to have something more robust than simply a copy of their slides to help their audience members, not only during their presentation. So there would be places where the people could make notes that they wanted or answer key questions that the presenter gives them during the talk. But after the talk, it's going to have so much more value because it's going to have your commentary, your stories, et cetera. Plus people who weren't in the presentation will get value because you know, you were an adjunct, you were a vehicle for the information and they have the key ideas and key thoughts in your commentary as well. It makes a lot of sense, but in order to do that, did you have to, let's say, transcribe your presentation so that you had the commentary or did you have to start again and then write about each particular slide? Well, each person will have their own process and what works for them. I type as quickly as I think. For me, it was easy just to put pen to to keyboard, finger to keyboard, and type what I say about those slides. Some people will want to dictate it and either have Siri do speech to text or Dragon or have a, some online transcriber do that for them. You know, I don't want to get too much into the nitty gritty because it's a bit more cumbersome than we have time for. And we could talk about how people can understand the nitty gritty as we go through our conversation today. Perfect. You've turned it into an interactive mini course rather than a webinar. What was the reasoning behind that? I've created a three-part mini course called Create a Slook. And the reason I did that is I've been a professional speaker and trainer for decades and know that just hearing information doesn't always help people implement. I wanted them to have an opportunity to ask questions, that we could take people's examples as case studies as we walk them through each week. Okay, this week, I want you to focus on XYZ. And then we have some conversation around that. I step them through. And then in the interim, they or their team, their staff, does what that assignment is for that week. Then we come back the next week and then they work on the next step. So they're not being inundated. Haven't you ever taken those courses where you just at the end, you go, okay, this is just inundating. I have questions. So I wanted to be available to ask questions during the mini course. And then of course I offer help before, during, or after for those who know that they work better with a side-by-side consultant or tutor rather than just doing it completely on their own. And I know I always appreciate that when I have somebody I could call to get, I'm stuck here, or I've got a decision point. I'm not sure which way to go. That's all available as part of the SLUC mini course. And that's something that I value. I know when I take a course is just to have that available because I'm always asking questions and need somebody maybe to go over something with me. So that's great. Now, I know that when I do a presentation, I don't think I have two presentations that are exactly the same. 
you know, I'm going to change some slides. I might have a different idea about presenting an idea. But once it's in the slook, it's like, that's it. That's your presentation. What happens if you want to change some slides? Well, what I've chosen to do is just do short-term short runs. So just enough of a printing to cover me for the next X number of presentations. And ideally, you are pre-selling these to your clients that are hiring you to speak or train. So you know exactly how many they need. And the beauty of that is you can even customize it further and put their logo on the front, put a letter from their CEO inside, and you could take out the pages that aren't relevant to them. Although, frankly, people don't mind if there's more content than you provided from the platform. They don't like it if you didn't give them equivalent of what you did in the platform. Not that you have to give every slide, just really the key slides, but your commentary is important. So two things. So one, you could you know do short runs. Second, you can really customize it to that particular client if you want. And third, yeah, I change my slides around too, but most of us have a kind of signature talk that is pretty much the same each time. You can also have additional resources, say you added a key slide that isn't in the SLUC. What I do in my SLUC is have them go to a private resources page where there are other additional you know, articles and links to reports that I quote or assessments that I mention. All of that's on a private page that only the people who bought the SLUC have access to. So you can always have other workarounds like that. The trend now is to have slides that are really just photographs or photos of something that might relate to the concept. How does that work when you just have a photograph and not necessarily any copy in the slide? The beauty of this look concept is people are more triggered by the visual. So they go, oh, yeah, I remember Susan showed that slide with the locks on it. But, you know, I don't remember, you know, it only had a couple of words. I loved that story she told. I'd like to share that with my family or with my coworkers. So in the SLUC, you would have the story related to that image. And, you know, it just helps them trigger, oh, that was a good one. I want to find that here in the book. Versus if it was just all text, it would be harder to find. Plus, what I'm pondering doing, what I'm thinking of doing, is taking some of the key slides where I've made a a visual quote, my own quote that's, you know, and my own pictures. And I've used these for memes on the internet where I'll post them in Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. Well, some of them are also in my presentation. So I'm thinking of those. I will actually produce either postcards or eight half by 11 posters or even larger posters as a pack that people can buy to remind themselves they can post around their cubicle to remind themselves of some of the key concepts that we discuss as long as you own the commercial right to the image then you're fine so do double check with that make sure you have the licensing right it's not just something you found when you did a google image search because those are not all available for commercial use. So double check that. And then my suggestion is to have your own quotes rather than some other famous person's quotes, because not all of those are in public domain. 
that's important to think about. That's something that hadn't crossed my mind. But of course, you know, we beg, borrow and steal some of these pictures from the internet. And uh, yeah, we may not have really the right to use them. That's an important point. Now, is there an optimum number of slides that you would suggest for us, look? Okay. My rule of thumb when I help people create books is I help people create books out of their blog postings too. So my general rule of thumb is it needs to be a minimal of 100 pages to be really called a book. Now, we are in a new domain because this look is not really a book, but if, I mean, it is and it isn't. So if you wanted to have a spine and be perfect bound and look like a book, then I'm going to think you need at least 50 pages that are eight and a half by five and a half, a typical format in order for you to have a spine. But that could mean you have the slide at the top of the page and then you write your commentary under it, which means you're probably going to have at least you know, a couple of pages per slide. However, on the other end of the spectrum, I have a couple of pages that are sequential page slides. So I've just got a little text under each one. So I have maybe two slides per page. What you don't want is just to have the whole page filled with one slide and no commentary. What they really, I think they'll feel gypped if you do that. You really want them to have the commentary, whether that's your story whether it's your thoughts about that particular image while you're showing it. And then what I've done is add articles and blog postings, which are related to each chapter. I add those to the end of that chapter because that makes it richer. There's more, you know, related depth of concepts that I might not have had a chance to include in my presentation because sometimes the presentation is only a half an hour. So I want to give them the other resource material to flesh out some of the ideas. So I can hear many of our listeners saying, okay, if I give them the slides, if I give them the text of my talk, why would they hire me? How would you answer that? That's a good question. And I try to equate it to other professions where there's two ways to consume the content. So for example, people buy mp3s so you'd think well then they wouldn't buy the concert no of course that in fact increases the concert sales for that artist when based on the number of mp3s they sell or an on screen a television cook you say well if they put all the recipes in a cookbook that's going to diminish their viewership no actually it enhances the viewership because they want to see the cook doing it they want to hear the commentary the tips Etc. So don't feel it's going to dilute. In fact, I think it's going to increase your demand for your speaking. Plus, again, you're going to charge the client if you pre-sell these ahead of time, or you're going to sell them back in the room. So it's going to increase your revenue. Now, do you also use it as a workbook? Well, I call it a workbook on steroids. I don't call this that to my clients, but. I'm beginning to pre-sell it as the required materials. So many clients know that we presenters have required materials and they expect those to look high quality and they usually have some sort of budget for that. So if you haven't had anything thus far to provide for them, other than just a handout of your slides or send them afterwards, this is going to 
increase your value and their benefit. It's going to be so much more useful and robust for them. And some of us say, well, we already have a book on this topic. The the challenge is, I mean, how many books have you and I gotten at conferences that are sitting in our pile to read? We don't consume them versus a look, you know, you tell them, the client tells them ahead of time, then you say, on page six of this look, you'll see this image and you get them used to following along in the look, even when you skip some of the slides there in the look, you just verbally cue them where you are in the look. And what I do is I just put those look page numbers on the bottom of the slide. So it's easy for all of us to see where they are in the look. I know you're very speedy at doing things, but the average person, about how long would it take to put one of these things together? <laughs> well, I don't know what the average person looks like. I will tell you that I hunkered down and I do this with my books. So yes, I have 27 books and a couple of them I did create in a week. A couple of them took two weeks. But I just, I hunker down. It's all I do. I mean, I spend a little time doing email, responding to voicemails, et cetera, but I stay focused. So for this one, I hunkered down and it took me two weeks. That's pretty much all I did for those two weeks, but that's what it took. So your mileage will vary. It depends on how busy you are, how much help you had. I did it all, all myself. I did hire a proofreader editor, but I did the layout because I'm versed in that, the layout. And I had a template from one of the resources that we'll provide in the Slook course. And she gave me a template that I just put the slides in and put the text in and you know made it so much easier. So the reason I'm doing the, the Slook course in three sessions is I'm, I'm thinking that for most people, I want them to get chapter one in good shape. Because then it's just shampoo, rinse, repeat. You know, then once the chapter, first chapter is in, then it's easy to replicate that for the subsequent chapters. That's what each week they're going to have a little piece to do. So that at the end, if they're really motivated and they spend 80 hours like I did, they could have their look in hand. It took me a month from start to having it in hand because of the shipping and the printing time. Even if they did it in three months, let's say three months, wouldn't you like to have a new book in three months in hand? Most people would. That's very attractive. And this is an easy way because they've already got the content. They've got the slides. They're not having to figure it out. They've got some flow and format. And then additionally, because a lot of our listeners may be presenters, speakers, you again in that page that I said, you send them back to this page with content, you can have videos of you telling that story where it's funny and you hear the laughter, etc. So it augments the book with some relevant videos of the different sections. And you can note that in the text, you know, go to this page to see the video of this story. And of course, if it's an ebook then you can have a direct link, obviously, to any of this information. Excellent. Well, you have whetted a lot of people's appetite, I'm sure. Tell us how we can find out more about this uh, mini course. All right. The first session is on January 3rd, 2019. And if they go to Making Money in Jammies, J-A-M-M-I-E-S, makingmoneyinjammies.com. 
And then under the mini courses tab, you'll see the create your look, turn your slides into a book in a month course. Just click on that and you'll get all the details and how to register, different options, the times, etc. And whether this is right for you. Excellent. I always like to leave with a golden nugget. So based on this information, what would be a takeaway that you would like to share with our audience? Many years ago, a mentor said to me, if we have information that would be of value to other people and we don't put it out in a way to get the maximum number of people benefiting from it, we're being selfish. We're being stingy. And some of our listeners have talks that are motivational, inspirational. They have great content in them. They have useful information. And by thinking the only way I can do that is with a traditional book or with an in-live presentation, they're just limiting the number of people who could have value from that. Or even the people in their sessions are going to get so much greater value if they create a slook to have them have in hand during the presentation to review after the fact or to have if they couldn't attend the presentation. Wow. What great information. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. Hi, it's Susan again with another marketing tip. A question I often get from authors is, when should I start marketing my book? There's no hard and fast rule to answer this question. But as most marketers agree, it's never too early to start. Some experts believe you should begin the moment you start writing. Others suggest at least six months prior to publication. My personal recommendation is 12 to 18 weeks or three to six months before you give birth to your masterpiece. Whenever you decide to start, two things are critical. One is that you formulate a marketing plan. And two, once you start, you don't stop until you decide to take your book off the market. But before this thought scares you, realize that you'll initiate different degrees of marketing actions at different stages of your book's life cycle. You'll obviously devote more time and energy at the beginning to inject anticipation and enthusiasm to build excitement and establish your brand. Then, as your title matures, there are many ways to keep the interest alive, such as mentioning your book in article bylines or speaker introductions and bios. And don't forget your business card. And, most importantly, that wonderful piece of free real estate below your email signature. In fact, use any opportunity and make it your duty 
to mention or subtly slide into a conversation the fact that you're the author of. Until next time, keep exercising your marketing muscles.